Hi everyone, my name is Hunter Gross, and welcome back to the New Beginnings Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with my friend and fellow percussionist, Ksenia Komulovic. Ksenia has performed and taught across Europe, the United States, and Asia, and she's also the first woman from Serbia with a Doctor of Musical Arts and Percussion degree. Unfortunately, I've reached my first problem with podcasting, and uh, my audio decided to glitch out about 25 minutes into the podcast, causing my side of the conversation to be cut for the other 30 minutes of the podcast. Uh, This episode will be a lot shorter because of that than others, and it may end on a weird note. However, I am determined to talk with Ksenia again and have another great conversation. Alright, enough talk about podcast problems. Without further ado, please welcome to the podcast Ksenia Konolovic. Right. Can you hear me, Ksenia? Oh, yes, I can hear you. How are you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Where are you? Uh, yeah, I'm currently back in Norman, Oklahoma. So still in university town before I uh, leave for grad school, but doing oh. well. How about yourself? Are you down in Texas still? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Texas. Wait, should I plug in my headphones? Although there's not going to be any noise. This is going to give you a better quality. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, you know, agreeing to talk with me and stuff like that. I know we connected to Hong Kong. We've connected on social media for the past. And I thought you might as well, um, you know, get to talk to you a little longer. And um, I thought you might be, you know, perfect for the podcast. So, yeah. Oh, of course. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So, um, just getting right down to it. Um, my kind of goal for this podcast is... Um, uh, personally, it was for me to get better at talking. I, I have a slight stutter, and um, I wanted to really kind of just throw myself out there and kind of, you know, build my skills with uh, talking to people professionally and, you know, talking under pressure, under a mic or something like that. And it's I've really seen it help my uh, me personally. But um, another kind of goal I've had for the podcast is for um, – to get advice and information from, you know, professionals like you and other people I've talked to um, and gaining advice for people who are in the early stages of their careers who, you know, have kind of maybe lost their track or their pathway on trying to find a career in music. And um, I think talking to, you know, professionals that we look up to um, definitely can bring us back down to the to the ground level and realize that, you know, everyone struggles and everyone has these problems that we've all gone through in our careers and, you know, through school and stuff like that. So um, I guess kind of just getting started, um, can you just kind of just give a backstory of where you, you've come from to where you are now um, and just kind of for the listeners, just give your uh, whole story. So Yeah, yeah, of course. And again, thanks for inviting me. Um, it's it's a privilege to come uh, to your podcast. I saw mm-hmm. or I listened to the previous uh, two episodes that I could find with Josh Quillen and Josh Jones. And yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be after those Joshes. That's, that's I'm very grateful. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. Well, I was born and I grew up in Serbia and Europe, and uh, that's actually where I was all the way until I I graduated. I got my bachelor's degree. Um, I started off as a pianist um, and a ballerina, sort of, and then I dropped ballet and I continued with piano. Uh, What I've realized was that my interest in music multiplied, so I sort of decided to triple major in, in high school, the education in, in Europe is very different than in the U.S., so we have these highly specialized public schools for music. So I decided to attend that, and um, I gra- I 
guess I, I majored in, in music theory and piano and in percussion as a high schooler. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to uh, take a leap and switch to composition during my bachelor's yeah. degree. Um, so I studied composition and percussion sort of more on the on the side. And when I was done with that, I was like, okay, I think I'm definitely gonna pursue percussion. I've tried a lot yeah. of things, I'm gonna go on. So during my bachelor's degree, I won a scholarship to come to the US. Um, I won a full year um, to attend Illinois State University. I went there, loved it, went back for my master's degree and then went to the University of Miami for my doctorate and my artist diploma. Um, after that, I moved to Hong Kong for a year to teach. That was my first um, non-graduate teaching assistant job. And after that year, I won this job in Texas. So now I'm at Texas A&M in Corpus Christi. That's amazing. The yeah, that's, course, a yeah. <laughs> it's a wild, that's a wild story of, you know, traveling overseas, you know, both of them throughout your career, which is really interesting. Um, I know when I went to Hong Kong, it was definitely really eye-opening. So how was your experience there? Did you teach at... Um, was it Hong Kong Education University or where, where did you teach? At Hong no, Kong? I, I did not teach at a university. I taught at an uh, international school. So I yeah. taught at a middle and, and a high school, but it's a private school that was, it is really fantastic and is extremely wealthy and has a fabulous student body. Just the students mm -hmm. are brilliant and very ambitious. So um, I got to experience that a little bit. I've, I've always wanted to sort of see what that would be like, um, whether I would really like working with younger children and so on. It turned out that I do, but it turned out that I really like working <laughs> with young adults more. Um, <laughs> but it was a fantastic experience. I mean, Hong Kong, you've seen it. It's so special. Um, it is. Such a wonderful place. And I remember meeting you there and you were a bit like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because like when I when I was being uh, kind of guided to go to this uh, festival or um, I'm not sure if you were involved this, the second year. I didn't get to go, unfortunately. But my dean at the University of Oklahoma is really involved with this program. So he's like, you should come. You should do this. It's going to be fun. It's going to be Hong Kong. I'm like, you know what? I have never left the country before, so yeah. I might as well do it. And I get there and it's funny because I'm the only one from the United States. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's just the whole experience of going through that was just completely eye-opening, just culturally, how it was just way different from anything I've ever been a part of. And it was just so special to me, especially the friends I made. Um, it even, um, I know we were working with one percussionist, um, his name was Bion Bum, and he like didn't speak any English or any Cantonese. So I, I, don't, I don't know how he was doing there, but we became such good friends and like played multiple pieces without, you know, sharing a common language, which was really eye opening to me. Um, yeah, to right. Music can speak for itself in a lot of those situations. That's, but, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. You guys were uh, a really lovely bunch. I I mean, that uh, that was, I, I believe that was Tika's first uh, to walk yeah. to Creative Academy, right? Mm -hmm. um, I believe that was their first time around. So that's why it, you know, did not, I think, mm -hmm. get to attract as many people from the US, but this year they had third coast percussion go. And yeah. I mean, even that year you got to work with Dave Herbert, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it, it was, yeah. a, it's a it's a wonderful place. And I think Hong Kong is just a beautiful, beautiful city. It um, really is. The, the, the people the, are, yeah. Exactly, the people are so nice and inviting. And I really didn't have any like negative experiences while there. Um, mm -hmm. Aside from like my first day there, I woke up and went to breakfast and trying to figure out breakfast by myself was the hardest thing. 
um, just because. Uh, well, the first thing is, <laughs> in the United States, you know, we're accustomed to ice water and ice and just everything has to be cold, which is the complete opposite of everything there. Yeah. So I, you know, dealing with eating a lot of hot dishes with mm -hmm. just hot water and I had a, my palate and my, just my mouth, my stomach had to get used to that. For Burned. A bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, once we, you know, I was there for a couple of days, I was, you know, used to the time um, and the food. It was, it was amazing. So I hope to go back sometime. So, um, Yeah. Go well, back to your career. Um, when obviously you, you traveled a lot and you know you made some major leaps of going to school in different places and teaching in different places, did, were there any you know significant struggles or problems that you came about um, throughout the early stages of you know before you know gaining you know a, a position in Texas or something like that? Anything that sticks out to you? Oh man. I mean, there were many, actually. In some ways, it's it's really strange. I mean, you can see this from two different angles. In, in some ways, I knew deep down inside that, well, not only deep down, I sort of knew it also very high up that I don't want to do anything else. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable devoting my life to anything as much just because there's nothing that I love as much as percussion or yeah. music. But it doesn't mean that there had not been struggles. I mean, I remember... When I was a child, um, I it sort of felt like a very it was a, it was a struggle. The the payoff was slow, you know. The practicing, the hours were long, and um, it sometimes seemed like, oh my god, why am I why am I even doing this? Uh, I'm already too old. You know, I was say twelve or thirteen. I was already too old to be a five year old prodigy. So I yeah. thought, oh man, my <laughs> career is out, you know, out of the window. Mm -hmm. I'll never be good enough. And then. Um, I mean, I've always been curious and I think what I've uh, been able to do is to sort of allow myself to explore a lot while trying to find my place in the world. So some people thought that I might appear to be lost because I was majoring in too many things. Um, and while studying, you know, I had a job and so on. But in fact, what I, I felt like I wanted to do is to make sure that I see music from all angles. Um, so to understand the performer's perspective, the composer's perspective. I also did a lot of things uh, with regards to, you know, uh, marketing or, you know, I did internships to understand fundraising and development and so on. And so I, I just wanted to understand all the moving parts. And within those, I would always get seduced for a moment and think like, oh my God, maybe maybe I would be much better at, you know, working in development or maybe maybe composition, you know, sometimes like film scoring was so exciting to me and, and I thought it's amazing or doing music for video games. But um, the truth is that there always was a spine to it all. And I found that there's something so irresistible about percussion. But yes, there have been many moments of, of self-doubt and, um, you know, a lot of them come from seeing how the world treats you financially, um, how much they're willing to pay for what you do. And you spend you know, dozens of hours a week working on this in a very altruistic manner. And then wealthy people come to you and they say, well, we don't have the budget for music. And then you think to yourself, well, your net worth is like a billion dollars. How is that? How does that come out of your mouth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How is it possible that, they, you know, I've worked for 23 years, went to school for 23 years, and I'm not worth a couple of hundred dollars? So, mm -hmm. yes, there have been many ups and downs, but I think um, what I've realized by going to Hong Kong to teach at a school that was not 
it, my job wasn't just percussion-based, I've realized that that's not something that I would like to devote my life to. With all due respect, I love education, I love children, but I just knew, okay, what I need to do is I need to work with percussion only. That's where my heart is. So. Mm-hmm. No, I completely understand that. I mean, I, I had a similar route in my career, um, especially going through colleges. You know, I came in um, looking, I was an education major, also education, uh, also majoring in uh, composition as well. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you know, uh, my whole life has been lined up, you know, for my band directors in high school being like, all right, you need to get your education degree. You could be a band director and then you can do what you want. And that was just kind of the whole path. And then after my freshman year and uh, you know, teaching us in smaller schools, teaching middle schoolers and high schoolers, I just realized, I was like, this is not for me. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have this, the same passion for really building up people, um, building up a uh, technique and just the whole grind of it. You know, I have mm-hmm. so much respect for people, for educators who teach middle schoolers and elementary schools. It's just wild how much <laughs> patience they have. Cause you know, for me, I, I would love like my private students, um, are usually juniors and seniors in high school and they're pretty developed and they're ready to go. And it's really easy and fun to work with them. Cause you know, we can talk about musicality and other things rather than, you know, we need to keep our pinkies on the stick and do all this. <laughs> and, you know, obviously sometimes we have to break down technique, but uh, working obviously with, you know, young adults and when they're starting to discover a passion is really inspiring to see. Um, yeah. So really uh, what really made you pursue, um, I guess, a professional percussion career that did something really, was there an event that like stuck out and it was like, all right, I need to do this. Cause you know, you mentioned you had a lot of different areas you want to do, but what really made you stick? Like, was like, all right, I want to do this for real now. Like just percussion. Uh, um, I mean, I don't think there was a, a, a single event that made me want to pursue that as a career. I remember the moment when I, when I decided I wanted to start learning percussion, that concert that I saw just blew me away. I was in Serbia. I was 15 years old. I saw a chamber music concert and it was so much fun. And I was, I remember seeing these guys on stage and they were, I mean, they were like rock stars. People were mm-hmm. cheering, screaming, like leaping out of their chairs to, to clap for them, um, me included. Uh, and I remember being this pianist at the time that would play, you know, hour long recitals that were very respectable and very serious. And, but none of it had this passion, you know, that, that mm-hmm. I felt. So that's what got me sort of curious at first, but I think throughout, I, I just, I just discovered more and more reasons to love it. There is a part of it that I cannot explain, which is, I think, the diversity, the instrumental diversity, keeping my ears fresh all the time with all the different sound colors so my ears don't get saturated. Um, There's so many parts to love about it. The fact that it's contemporary music, that you get to work with living composers so much. I find that the percussion community is a lot more open and helpful. I mean, anytime I meet a percussionist anywhere in the world, they're such fabulous people. I I swear, I mean, they're, you all are such wonderful people. It makes me want to stay and be a part of the gang. And I just find it to be a very creative field. And it's sort of, you know, it's, it's my, it's my tool to try to understand and communicate with the world. There are plenty of other things I enjoy doing, but I think percussion is just, it's just my soulmate. I don't know how else mm-hmm. to explain it. It's that type no, of thing. I mean, that's a great explanation. I mean, that, that's how, um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel, I mean, especially towards, you know, an art like this. And, and I think, I do agree that percussion is so different. You know, you know, it, it could be, 
different weird ways maybe, but <laughs> different as, you know, every professionist I've met have been, it's just been really heartfelt. Sorry if you hear some like rumbling. I think there's some people outside my apartment doing like lawn care work right now. Oh, um, doing a percussion recital. No, just exactly right. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, also my other roommates, I was like, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast, you know, don't drum for like an hour, like uh-huh. just, just an hour. And then you can go back to it. Just uh-huh. Hold off if you can. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, this is like the one thing that like you have to be quiet for, which is impossible for like my, my ADD percussion self. It's just like, all right. <laughs> how quiet can I get my room without you know interrupting anything but um <laughs> yeah so you are, are are you do you still perform with the Balkan percussion duo do you guys still do anything obviously I'm not sure where um the other partner is you know if he's teaching or anything but um what's your kind of uh, involvement with that recently right uh yes we do so as of this year um Dimitri Nilov has stepped in because uh, uh my the co-founder, my former uh, duo partner, Kirill Angelov, has stepped down and we both talked about who should inherit uh, the position. And um, we just thought that Dmitry Nilov would be the best. Dmitry is a fantastic percussionist. He won the CAG um, a couple of years ago, only one of the very few percussionists who ever did that. So just a wonderful person who inspires me all the time. And it's such a privilege to play with him. I learn from him very, very much. Um, and we have had a couple of, um, or more than a couple, we've had several performances this year. Uh, we've played in Texas, we've played in Virginia and a few places and in Colorado. And we were supposed to go and play Carnegie Hall because Dimitri was supposed to have his Carnegie debut in April, mm-hmm. but the outbreak. So <laughs> um, that got postponed. Um, so we don't know, but we have a lot of things in, in plan of, we're going to probably perform in Russia, hopefully in Serbia, but you know, we never know when concert practice is going to reopen. So that's going to have to wait, but yes, the duo is, is functional. And I think Dimitri has stepped in wonderfully and um, I am, I'm very happy with where it's going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for sure. No. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I was really drawn to when I think he did a presentation over it um, yeah. in Hong Kong. And I was just like, wow, like the idea of you know, having a percussion duo having so much success in competition realm is just, you know, really inspiring. So yeah, I just oh. want to ask about that. Um, did you have any, um, when I, I have a lot of friends who, you know, they see, you know, like the escape 10 duo mm-hmm. or a lot of other duos, they talk me and Perkins duo, and they're like, man, I would love to start a percussion duo, but how, how do I do that? Um, what, what's your kind of, uh, do you have any uh, advice for, you know, let's say like a sophomore engineer who's, you know, they have a good friend, that they want to start a duo. Um, do you have any advice for them just to kind of the early stages? Obviously, you know, they're not try- trying to become a nonprofit within the next year or something like that. But um, <laughs> any advice for, you know, just trying to develop that playing relationship between each other? Right. Well, I think choosing a, a chamber music partner, you know, whether it's just one person that you're going to work with or, or several is sort of like choosing, um, is sort of like choosing a life partner in some way or or members of your family, if you, if you can. And um, in many ways you have to have, uh, you have to have this Venn diagram. So ideally, if it's just the two of you, you should have different strengths, but you should also have an overlapping musical interest and a vocabulary that you share and really great respect for each other. And what I think makes really wonderful chamber music. So if you, you know, watch say the percussion collective or you watch so percussion or any of these guys, the, the thing that makes them work 
really well together is the fact that they care about each other. That's my personal opinion. It's Mm -hmm. it's to have love for that person in in real life and to actually be really good friends and so on. So I think, um, you know, slowly building up repertoire, perhaps you don't have to ask them to marry you right off the bat and just be like, Hey, we (laughs) love, you know, playing video games together. Let's now have a duo forever. Maybe try with a piece or two, um, try to put together a recital, perhaps play at a local church or, or just play a joint recital. See how that goes. You'll see. It's much like you might be in love with someone and it's great, but then they hang out with you for a week and then you lose your mind and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can never live with this person. Um, you know, it's, it's really important that you try to live with them for a while and you see whether you can man- maneuver the duo because... To navigate a duo is not just to love playing with someone. It's also to be able to organize life, to organize mm-hmm. touring, to organize finances. I mean, again, very similar to having a family. So I think it's important that that you give it a good trial period, a good honest trial period, see how it goes, build up repertoire, and then go from there. For sure. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. I mean, that's the number one thing I've heard from, you know, a lot of people I've talked to about this topic. It's just like, all right, if you pick someone or if you have a chamber group, make sure everyone in that group you are basically in love with and yeah. you have a great relationship because you're going to find the bad stuff with each other in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to get mad at them for something, for not playing an accent in the right spot or something like that. And you have to, you know, let that go and realize that, you know, it's, it's just just playing music together. And you have to find that, you know, that pure love for each other through music. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's great. It's great advice. I mean, that's that's something, you know, hopefully through grad school, I try to find with them um, trying to find, you know, that calling of, all right, should I join a chamber group or should I do the soloist thing? And I mean, that, that's just kind of uh, the whole kind of my goal right now is trying to find my purpose in, you know, the percussion field, whether that's, you know, teaching or being a soloist or doing like that. Um, yeah. With uh, and I really didn't find that pathway until recently. And like, because my first three years, I was just kind of on a all right, I'm gonna do school. We'll worry about, we'll about the career later, don't have to <laughs> yeah. think about that now. I mean, cause I think percussionists and just students in general are so focused on the future way, like thinking way about when the future. Like, I remember being in the seventh grade and they're talking about what college you want to go to. It's like, wow. I'm, I'm 12, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is college? <laughs> exactly, pretty much. And, but now in, in the college form, like, you know, they, they want us to realize, it's like, all right, when, when you're done, you have to make money, you have to do this and this, this, and you have to think about that now, even though you're a freshman in college. And um, do you have any advice for, um, let's say I'm a student in my undergraduate career, I'm like a freshman or a sophomore, and I kind of lost my direction mm-hmm. towards, you know, a career in the arts. Uh, what would you recommend that I do in that situation? It's a very open-ended question. Oh. This is kind of like a question I like to ask everyone, just to kind of get the, the, the diversity of answers from them. So, yeah. Right. Um, well, first, I would say that's a very normal part of being alive. So mm-hmm. I would say if you have any extra panic that you are experiencing or discomfort, perhaps let go of that. Just accept the fact that the situation is currently... What, what is happening is that your brain or soul or whatever, your heart is alarming you that you need to wake up to a certain fact and make a choice. I think what really matters is that you look deep down inside and you understand what are the realities of, of the world that you're going into. Luckily, a lot of percussionists are very open. And yes, not all of us are going to have, you know, the Mike Burrett career or Satsiano career or whatever, but we're going to forge our own path. And how are we going to do that? And what compromises are we willing to make and what are we not willing to make so 
it's totally okay. I don't think it's, it's a thing where you have to make a decision. On, don't make a decision on the day that you're feeling panicked or that you're feeling anxious about it. Um, but go and just immerse yourself into the art more. I really feel like work heals and go and play more. The music will speak to you about what you should do and be honest with yourself. Say honestly, like, do I actually really vibe? Do I love playing this John Cage? Does it make me think? Do I grow as a person? Do I feel connected to my community? Or would I rather go and be on stage with Drake? Or would I rather, you know, be in a cover band? Like, what is it that you want? There's no discrimination. It's all okay. It's just about what type of participation in music do you want to have? Um, and some of them don't quite have as many mentors. Like, if you want to play with Drake, I'm not sure there's a, a school that you could go to, to do that. Um, but that's also, I mean, it's a perfectly valid thing to want to do in life. So just ask yourself what you want to want to do. Um, and listen, I mean, it's, it's like if you sit down and spend a lot of time thinking and playing and reading, listening to other people's stories, your answer will come clear and will clarify for you. Thank you so much, Ksenia, for having a great conversation with me. Even though it was cut short because of technical issues, I look forward to talking to you again and being able to share our entire conversation next time. Please check out Ksenia on her website and social media, which will be in the description of the podcast. And again, I do apologize for the short length of the episode, but I hope the amount of conversation that I could salvage was insightful and inspiring. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the New Beginnings Podcast.